0: Before we get to today's episode, I just want to bring up something that means a lot to me. Uh, Tony Harrison, former junior middleweight world champion, the only man to ever defeat Jermell Charlo. Uh, he fights out of Detroit. He's one of my favorite fighters, and he has a gym called Super Bad Fitness. It's a nonprofit, and he uses it as a way to help the youth in Detroit, you know, in his community, to to give them something pr- productive and constructive to do, and. It's very damaged right now. The roof is falling through and there's water leaking all over equipment and the gym needs to be repaired so he can use it as an instrument of good back home. And there's a GoFundMe set up to help, you know, repair the roof costs and everything like that. Um, I would never ask anybody to donate money, but if you guys want to share it, post it somewhere so it could get attention. I know times are tough for everybody right now. Um, and if you need a link for that, there's going to be one in the episode description. If you're listening to this on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, any YouTube videos we post clips of any interviews, the link is going to be in there as well. In my Instagram bio, which is Shane underscore MCM, the punchlines podcast, Instagram bio, which is punchlines underscore pod and, uh, Anything I post recently coming out from the page or myself, I'm going to include that link in it as well. And uh, you guys can follow him on Instagram, Tony Harrison. That is Made in Detroit. It's all over there. Uh, Let's help him out. You know, the power of love, you know, fixed communities. It's one of the main things I love about boxing is just the power of the brotherhood that's inside of it. As well as from when I was in the military Saw it in comedy as well. And uh, let's just do everything we can to help him out. Let him know that we all have each other's backs. Here's today's episode. It's all about punchlines. Yeah. Punch Don't get knocked out. We are back on Punchlines. I am your host, Shane McMurdo. I am joined, as always, by my fellow white trash compatriot, Michael Cook. Shh, young ears. Hey.
1: But yes, fair point.
0: You're wearing a wife beater and a Phillies hat. And it's it not is- a wife beater,
1: but if I showed you the tank top, it might not be an improvement.
0: It's also like eleven o'clock at night, bro. I think you're you're we're we're both nailing it. I'm wearing a beanie and shorts, dude. But today's episode, we have two special guests. One, he's on here all the time before every fight. We've been grinding together, climbing together in our respective avenues. Nephew of famed legend Felix Tito Trinidad. Current undefeated boxer fighting at lightweight, super lightweight, welterweight, sparring with everybody in between Joey Barrero and a special guest, the very newborn, Liam Cook, Michael's son, nine days old. Congratulations to you, buddy. Joining the father club with Joey. Not me. I mean, I might (laughs) have kids, but if I do, I don't fucking know. (laughs) I'm definitely not feeding them. Oh, man. (sighs) But congrats to Cook. Hello, Liam. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us, Joey. Just, just got out of training. Another fight yes, coming sir. up. Yes, you sir. Know, last time you were on here, which was like two weeks ago, we talked shit about that dude who looked like a fucking caveman. And then you went out and knocked him out in like 90 seconds. <laughs> and then he seemed like really cool about it, dude. <laughs> was it was he was he a nice guy?
2: He was honestly, bro, he ended up being a real cool dude. Like, I was I was real cool with him. I felt bad, bro. I felt bad, but I was looking for that overhand right. I set him up with the jab, and my coach told me, body. So, I had him to the body, and I started noticing he drops his right hand. So, I just kept going, kept going, and I saw, okay. I, I threw right hand, he dropped down and stayed down, and then I just threw that overhand looping right, and boom, that's when, that's, that's. Well, as soon as I touched him, I knew he was down already.
0: I knew he was out. Uh, yeah, he fell in, like, slow motion, too. This shit was crazy. He was, like, he's like, he got hit, stood there, and then just slumped down. I was, like, Jesus. That, that's why I don't fuck with carnivals, though, because that dude immediately went and, like, operated a Ferris wheel or something. <laughs> but, yeah, you beat his ass. What, are you 10-0 now or 11-0? Uh,
2: I'm supposed to be, I believe, Eleven and oh, yeah, eleven and oh with uh,
0: ten KOs, 10 yeah.
2: KOs yeah. Hell but yeah, my fights. Some of my fights are not shown on my track because for some reason these Mexico fights weren't sanctioned. So yeah.
0: That's so bizarre to me that in professional
1: track. Box box yeah, bro. Honestly, they have a lot of holes. I mean, first off, have you ever seen their rankings?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't get into pound for pound rankings either by the way. I get asked all the time, by like, guy when are you guys going to do your pound for pound list? Like, first of all, it's a fake list and all you're going to do is shit on it anyway. Like that's the whole point anybody ever wants to do when you make a pound for pound list is so somebody can be like, no. Lucky you, bro.
1: Punchlines Twitter's got one.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I fucking hate you so much. I got to oh, update it though. You just made me look like a shithead. You know that? Thanks for reminding me. I'll update
1: it. <laughs> Let's start some
0: fights, bro. Let's just fucking let's put Joey on there. Let's make Joey number six.
1: <laughs> Yo, straight up. Above Canelo.
0: <laughs> above Canelo now. Above Canelo now that now that he got pieced up.
1: That's the whole thing now. Like, where do you how far do you drop a guy who you know clearly is a top three talent, but coming off an L.
0: I don't know. I I, I don't do the pound for pound list thing. I really don't. Honestly, all-
2: a lot of a lot of ranking is bogus i don't i don't really get like if you see the rankings on botrick and you see how they manage them it's all about money in the background but whoever pays whatever promoters paying the most money that's whose fighter gets ranked
1: straight up i mean boy owns a piece of the ring and i wouldn't be shocked if they got a third now
0: yeah golden golden boy is bizarre to me because all their fighters are super popular but never fight top competition.
1: No, yep. You know, I think I know why. Canelo prices him or Oscar prices out the um versus because he's got you know an expensive habit.
3: <laughs>
1: Speaking of expensive yeah. habit, uh, so over under five minutes after your opponent you know got up off the canvas, did he try to sell you a fake coke?
0: Oh <laughs> yeah. I said he went to operate a <laughs> forest. Yeah. By the way. Joey, when we talk about your next opponent coming up in the fight, <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, you know what? Yeah, did your opponent
1: sell you fake coke? Like, did anybody? Oh. Wa- <laughs> First off, that was like the fifth, like, worst thing like we said about the dude. Like, I think he threatened to hit on his girlfriend. I said I gave him money at an exit one time. I yeah,
2: said he looked he, like, a, he went, like <laughs> I think everybody's giving him I mean, money at a freeway exit.
1: <laughs> you you were a Navy guy for nine years. You were used to you know. Casual free hand jobs. I don't blame him <laughs> there.
0: But first of all, there's nothing casual about a hand job, dude. You know how much work and weird positioning goes into that.
1: All right, common, and for, common for Navy folk. <laughs> uh, Maybe oh, I'm better. The Navy has good judgment. They turn me down three eight, times.
0: When we talk about it, the the Navy, does not have good judgment. I was a recruiter for four years. I know damn well who we're putting in
1: you probably would have been the fourth to turn me down
0: yeah i probably yeah i might oh, yeah. uh yeah i don't know it's better than the army dude they were letting people in with like a 17 ASVAB, which i don't know if you know it is hard to be that dumb like it's like you have to be that dumb on purpose like i'm not a smart guy i still got in the 70s but like a 17 that that means like bro you need instructions for like shampoo and shit <laughs> like <laughs>
1: That they're the people like why we have instructions like warning coffee may be hot like yeah you would.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're the oh. reasons that like crosswalks just like literally show you to walk instead of saying walk because they fucking can't read.
2: Oh man, that's funny, dude.
1: Yeah. There's hey, a spot but- in um, I mean you know Delco, but there's a huge uh, company based here called Boeing, and they have flags people have to carry walking around. Uh, campus so when they cross the street they don't get hit by a car
2: bro those are the type of people that when they're eating soup they gotta wear some floaties dog i
1: mean bro let's just say i wouldn't be eating soup in this tank though
3: oh my god (laughs)
0: that's why that's why it blows my mind with this whole like roe v wade shit that they're trying to overturn it like make abortion illegal like i i'm just saying dude not like not every person should be allowed to have kids, dude. Like, if, oh, you dro- no, bro. Big yeah. time. if you dropped out of high school, you can't have kids. You couldn't, even, ra- you couldn't even raise your grades, bro. How are you going to raise a fucking child?
1: The person I was five years ago can be allowed to reproduce.
0: Yeah. Oh, dude. You think I don't have kids for me? That's my service to the world, bro. <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah, we'll see how this one does. Joey, Thank how's you your kid doing?
0: Yeah. Joey how's your nah, bro, kid? Doing? Yeah.
1: When I, oh, my kid's
2: doing great, man. He just turned three. But uh I was just gonna say, bro, when I had my kid, I was I was going through it. Like I wasn't financially I wasn't set, I wasn't ready. Um, I was going through a lot of things and uh and I ended up pulling it through, man. My son was the factor that made me keep pushing until I became you know, what I am in boxing now and what I'm going to become, you know, is he's, he's been my pushing factor because before,
1: I'm not going to lie, I had that
2: dream, that American white picket, white picket fence dream of getting the car, the nice house, the girls, you know. But as soon as my son was born, it became more of leaving him a legacy, leaving him a, a father to be proud of, you know, somebody to, for him to remember by
1: straight up and it's it's amazing how fast that feeling like changes like the second it hits you it's like oh shit i'm a fucking father you know mm-hmm. it's like it, it
0: honestly terrifies me
1: yeah it's like oh i can't go on a here in atlantic city anymore <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah let's get to the boxing action
0: yeah we uh, big big weekend number 1 fighter in the world pound for pound wise or fame wise i don't care how you want to word it. He is both or at both least was. Correct. Yeah. But uh, he lost. He lo- And I don't care what people on Facebook groups say or in the YouTube comments, but he lost very convincingly. Like there was not yes. a doubt in my mind. If, if you want to know how bad b beat him, every judge scored the fight for him in Vegas against Canelo. You know, not even, May even could they, do that. They, they
1: tried to not do it. What do you mean? Like, did you see the scorecard? Like, they tried to – like, if Canelo doesn't lose the final round, it would have been a draw.
0: Uh, If he doesn't lose the round?
1: They all gave Bivol the 12th round, but it was 115-113. If they didn't give Bivol the 12th, it would have been a draw. And I think you were telling me you had one round for Canelo at, like, the halfway point? Oh, I only scored
0: three rounds for Canelo, I think. And I had four. Joey, what about you?
2: Honestly, I didn't see Canelo do as much. I thought that he got maybe the first one. I want to say the third because he started putting a little bit more pressure. Um, And that's about it, honestly. The first and the third, that's all I saw him throwing action after that, Vivo was put throwing combos at him. But I was surprised at how many combos he was throwing at him.
1: Yeah, one could have gone either way. I gave both kind of three, uh, three, four, and I think maybe six. But after the halfway point, like, you struggle to give him any round. Yeah. And Oh, yeah. Like, I really believe he treated it like Kovalev. Like, he's like, all right, I'm going to keep hitting this dude's arms, let him jab himself tired, and then, you know, I'll clip him. But Bevol looked one, he still isn't getting the respect he should be getting for how great he oh, yeah. is. But how like, great shape he was in, the fact that he didn't look like he got buzzed once, and his overall composure. I mean, like, dude, the guy has ice in his face, He's like a Russian Andre Ward.
0: Bro, it is absurd because the boo, like, he walked out by himself. Like, they made him walk out by himself.
1: They, announced, was- him from- they announced that he was from India, California.
0: Yeah. And it's like, it threw him off a little bit. He got massive amounts of booze and like the place is going nuts for Canelo. And it's like, he it, unfazed by it, completely unfazed by it, stuck to the game plan. And you're right. He's not getting the credit he deserves. Cause everybody's like, Oh, he won because of a size advantage. Canelo was just too small. Yeah. He didn't even he beat him close. with size. Not at he, all.
2: It was he beat him with
0: yeah. <laughs> even when, um, he would get himself on the ropes and Canelo would throw at him. Canelo kept throwing that right hook but it was like after that, Bevo would be like, okay, well, I'm going to move back and then I'm going to throw these five shots at you. And Canelo's little head movement tricks didn't work like he normally does no. because he, he changed up the tempo of his punches.
2: Watch this. When was the last time you saw Canelo against the rope backing up?
0: Golovkin. Yeah, first Golovkin fight. And that's it.
2: That's it, bro. And that shows you how much pressure and how much boxing. Because it wasn't B ball, it's not a powerhouse. He didn't hurt Canelo, but he
1: outboxed the heck out of him. Bro, his counters inside, like, the guy is skilled as shit. And I really believe, like, stylistically, B ball may not do to better BF be of what he did to Canelo. But I think Canelo beats most of 175. It's just Bivol's style and how much you know Canelo's naturally what, like five eight. Yeah. yeah he's not big. And the fact that Beau can box that well and Canelo's unable to really bully him. It's like I don't think he wins the rematch.
0: I don't either. Speaking of the rematch, you see Bevol said, well, apparently Beavol said. He wants to fight him at 168 for Canelo's belts. He's like, we can do the rematch, but we're doing them for your belts at, at super middleweight. I asked Joel Diaz if this is true. He said he didn't know. So I don't know how true that is, but that's the report that came
1: out. That, that's, yeah. some fu- that's some pimp shit. He's like... <laughs> and uh, honestly, yeah, Bevo, Um, one to Bivol's credit, unlike Charlo, Andrade, and uh, a few of the others, like while he was waiting on Canelo, he fought Joe Smith, Sullivan Barrera, Pascal but he was always willing to fight Canelo at 168 uh, to meet in the middle when Canelo was a middleweight. Right. Bevel is, Canelo looked heavier fight night.
0: Yeah, he was thick,
1: bro. And b according to um, not Noel Diaz, but a guy in his corner, has never weighed more than 190 on, uh, like after rehydrating. Which means for a light heavy, b is... Very small.
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't but he's just I don't know. He I knew he was gonna do well. I always said he was gonna do well, but he fucking so technical, bro. So and like yeah. he was smart because he would throw that one, two, one, two, and then he would change that it up. He would throw job. a yeah, but then but he again
1: would, like dude, he added to his arsenal against Joe Smith. He didn't have that inside, you know, counter, roll with the punch, catch him on the break. Like, he looked phenomenal, like, up close with Canelo trying to bully him. Like, he out countered a counter puncher. And yeah. I really thought Canelo was banking on, all right, I'm going to wear him down and he'll slow down late. But Canelo guessed in like the ninth, and Beavall was unfazed.
0: Beavall was also going to the body, too.
1: What Canelo did not do,
0: no. Well, he tried, but also people don't usually go to the to the body with Canelo because they're so afraid of getting countered with his his punches underneath. But yeah. people, countered his, his counters. Yeah, he set him up. Did you expect that, Joey? Did you expect him to be so sound as he was?
2: I knew that he had over three hundred amateur fights. I knew that that was going to come into play. I really didn't think he was going to outbox Canelo like that. I honestly thought Canelo was going to show a little bit better of a quality of a fighter, you know. But when I started seeing how the fight started going after the fourth round, I started to realize, I was like, man, what's wrong with Canelo? Because Canelo started how he usually starts, at a slow pace, you know. With every big fighter, starts at a slow pace and plays cash up at the end. I feel like uh, one thing my coach told me, and and I've been thinking about this, is the strategy Canelo came with, it was a hit-or-miss strategy. It was a strategy that they came in prepared, and if it didn't work, it's not like they could abort it and readjust. They would just got to play it through and hope that it works towards the end of the fight. There
0: was no plan B. Actually, the the only thing he did that made me – that showed me there was a plan b if you even want to call it that is when he started languishing against the ropes inviting b vol in just hoping to catch yeah. him with a counter which was yeah. just like to me just showed desperation a little bit uh, but he was clearly getting frustrated he was made, like he would get hit in the middle of the of the round it wouldn't hurt him but he would show frustration on his face he would like shake his head bite down on his mouthpiece or when he was like lifting bivol up in the air when he ducked under, like clearly yeah. out of front. He was like he was he was letting he it was get frustrated. to him. That's what surprised me more than everything else.
2: I'm gonna tell you, now where did you notice that same frustration?
0: Against Laura. Oh. oh Oscar against um Shakur, yeah. You, you think Eddie's getting lazy?
2: Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna tell you where that comes from, in experience from a coach. Eddie Reynoso is a great coach, don't get me wrong, but you got somebody like you're coaching against somebody like Gerald Diaz that's been in the game for years, that were multiple world champions, and has that type of caliber and that experience and that in that head of a game, when you got Eddie Reynoso that he's becoming big because of the fighter he has, but not because
0: he's made fighters. Right. Yeah, because it's not like he made Valdez. Valdez switched over to him. Yes. So did Ryan. So did Andy. So did fucking I, yeah. Damn, that that's a good point. Yeah, that, that's almost like uh like I, I know you don't watch football, but a few years ago, Sean McBay he coached the Los Angeles Rams and they had all this offensive talent and everything that they got in the offseason. But then, then when they get to the Super Bowl. You know they they got out coached by the Patriots when they were on paper the way more talented team, but it was just like, you know, when you're at that level for so long. And I know Canelo gets called a cherry picker and everything like that. And I'm not going to get into that. And I'm not definitely not going to no. call him that because the fighters he no. fights are good fighters. The only yeah. thing is, is he was definitely the better fighter than they were.
2: Listen, I believe the Canelo hype once he beat Danny Jacobs. When he beat Danny Jacobs, I knew Canelo was a for real boxer.
0: You didn't think you didn't think that when he beat like Cotto or anything.
2: I don't feel like he beat Cotto. That that fight oh. was real close. I don't feel like he beat Cotto. I don't. I don't like think he
0: beat, he beat Lara. Lara. I I still don't, I don't think he beat, like he
2: beat Lara. Yeah,
0: Cotto I really my... don't think
2: he beat Lara. Lara has been the boxer that have most convincingly won against him, and. Oh. I feel like they just gave that they gave him that fight just like Rolando Romero. They gave Rolando Romero the fight he fought against that um Dominican dude.
0: Oh, I know you're talking about Richards or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. They gave him that fight. Rolando he's getting that shot at Tank, but they gave him that fight.
0: Real quick, uh just a side note, he's going to get fucking murdered against Tank Davis. I'm t- oh,
2: I I saw both of them and I can tell you from a power perspective. Rolando never dropped me. Rolando clipped me. I'm not going to lie. Rolando has stunned me, but I have also stunned him and almost dropped him.
0: He's sloppy, um, bro. He's so fucking sloppy. Yeah. I hate watching him fight. I really do.
2: is not sloppy. Is He has an awkward style. That's what helps him be a good fighter because he has such an awkward style. But Tank Davis... He's a better boxer than he is a brawler, and that's what people don't understand. When Tank dropped me, he wasn't brawling with me; he outboxed me.
0: Right. I mean, that's how he got to eventually got to Barrios, Mario Barrios, yeah. who is. I think, who he was, can, I
1: think he can brawl too, honestly.
0: Oh, if he has to, yeah. I mean, yeah. Isaac Cruz kind of made him do that. Yeah, I
1: think. Um, <laughs> I mean, overall, I underrated him until probably the Barrios win.
0: Who's that, Davis? Yeah. I I really started believing in him when he beat the hell out of Pedraza because Pedraza's no punk bitch.
2: Yeah, Pedraza was a good name that he beat, yeah.
0: Yeah, but then he started fighting questionable opponents, you know? And I know Leo Santa Cruz is a big name, but I don't give that fight as much credit as everyone else because Leo was so much smaller than him.
2: Not just that, Leo came out of a layoff. I believe he was laid off. He hadn't fought in like a year or something like
1: that. I think longer than that, like when he fought leo it was three years after leo was you know leo yeah I, I that's not me shitting
0: on tank either because i don't want to get fucking criticized by his super hardcore fans saying i'm just trying to hate on him i'm not hating on him. the dude yeah. the supreme talent i think he would beat ryan garcia i think he oh, could yeah, most like, i definitely think he would beat Devin haney most likely the ones i'm questionable against are t uh tfemo and shakur but is the thing is, is I want him fight to fight these Shakur, guys.
2: I'd say Shakur. He definitely wouldn't be Shakur. Shakur would win that fight. You do really I think so?
3: Out?
2: Yeah, Shakur will win the fight against against uh, Gervonta. Um, Gervonta has power, but power won't do anything if you can't land it. I'm going to tell you that much.
0: Yeah, that, well, that's why I think Romero is going to get fucked up.
2: Oh, yeah, big time.
0: Yeah, I mean, not not only is he there to be hit a lot, but it's just I I just don't. It's gonna be bad.
2: From a business perspective, I'm gonna tell you the way that Mayweather's looking at it. My contract is almost done with him as a fighter. You know what? I'm gonna throw him a big name fighter. One of the fighters that we build up in house to build him up, make him look better, boost his career up, and hopefully. <laughs> He decides to sign and re-sign with us, renew his contract, and then we can keep moving, make bigger fights happen. Yeah, He don't lose anything keeping his titles in-house. You know, Mayweather don't lose nothing keeping the titles in-house, and that's what's going to happen.
0: Well, that's the Heyman structure, too. Heyman, Ellerbee, they all do the same shit, you know? But it's like eventually though it, it, that weight class is so goddamn frustrating because everybody's either on a different promoter or different network or they're just divas, but all of them. Yep. And it's like, I think the top two are still fuck. I just forgot. i just remembered Loma. Like, I don't know. There's too many people at that fucking weight class, not fighting each other. That's all I'm going to say. And then Shakur Shakur is coming. Shakur is coming quick, but that fight, Tank Davis is fighting on the 29th against Romero. This week in the 14th, a fight we talked about before, a fight I'm excited for, Charlo versus Castaño, to the rematch of the, the yeah. fight that was a draw last week. I know we talked about it last time, but we've had some deferring opinions between Luke Thomas of Showtime Sports as well as former welterweight champion of the world, Kermit Cintron. They both think charlo is gonna win or has the most like likely to win but it all depends on which charlo is gonna show up because in the last fight as luke said he was too accommodating he let Castano have too much ground which i completely agree with and he's got to be a little bit more aggressive this time whereas kermit centrone thinks if charlo goes out there looking for the knockout he's gonna lose what do you think
2: I agree with Centrone. You don't look for the knockout. That's one thing that all the world champions that I spot with, work with, they always tell me before a fight. The knockout comes by itself. If you're looking for the knockout, you're going to get knocked out because you're going to start becoming predictable, just looking for punches that aren't even there, trying to create opportunities or openings that aren't there. And that's how you get knocked out. Um, I definitely see Castaño bringing a good fight, and I'm going to tell you this much, if Charlo tries to brawl against Castaño's awkward style, he's going to go to sleep.
0: You think you think Castaño has enough power to put him out?
2: Yes, with the awkward style, because it's not that he has power, it's not that Castaño has like incredible power, no. It's the fact that he's gonna catch him with a punch that nobody's gonna see coming and those are the punches that knock you out is the because uh, he throws see. in
0: volume yeah so you can get yeah get clipped in an exchange I could see that especially because he's a great body puncher he is very good at going to the body if you can if you can get Jermel's hands to drop a little bit mm-hmm. you know putting in some work in the body I could definitely see him catch him in exchange Jamel's just in fucking great shape and he's a very committed athlete and i think yeah. he's taking it personally not even I think, just,
1: I think you just said it he's such a good athlete if he uses that in the rematch i think he should win
0: i think he should be slightly more aggressive than he was last time or at least more resistant because he, like like I, he was just letting castaño come in he was not offering any res- like castaño was putting in a lot of work because charlo was letting him come in if charlo yeah. just offers a little bit more resistance and and, and and is the fighter we've all seen him be before, I think he can get Castaño out of there. I really do.
2: I think You he know does. what it is, though? You know what it is? A lot of fighters are good as long as a fighter doesn't put character against them. What
0: do you, you mean? Know, as
2: long as, as a fighter doesn't give them respect, they're good. The moment a fighter loses all respect for them and just keeps coming forward, that's when the fighter gets in trouble because they're not used to somebody coming to them and not giving them that respect, you know. And you got to think, a lot of these Mexican fighters, they bring a lot of Mexican opponents. They're not coming in to lose. They look at it as an opportunity. Man, I beat this guy. I don't have anything. I'm going to become rich overnight, you know. $100,000 for us is not a lot of money. But for them, it's like almost a million dollars,
1: a million pesos. Right. Tell me what you think, Joey. I really believe with Jamel, maybe Canelo now, and Thurman recently, Carlos won impressively so frequently lately. Like he unified with a knockout with a jab. He's knocked out a lot of his opponents.
0: Oh, you remember when he knocked out
1: Rosario? I think he was not urgent until late in the first fight cuz he assumed he would get him out of there. Yeah. And because he's assuming that like you know he that's what he does and like you know he's superior in that way he doesn't have that urgency to win rounds. And I and think oh you know, if
2: they get he uses his athleticism
1: confident. and tries to win rounds he's the better fighter.
2: Oh yeah. Big time. Better boxer. I mean, Castagna has no business coming in the inside and fighting him like he was. If Charlo would have boxed him the whole time, it would have been a whole different fight.
1: And, it was and like Shane can said, tell you, Jamel's 10 on the punchlines, the uh, P4P list.
0: Hey, you know what, though? I will give you credit. At least you, as much as I fucking hate those dumbass lists, at least you put him on it. Because I see a lot of these lists, they don't have him on it almost ever.
1: Oh, yeah. me, bro! It's the punchlines list.
0: This might be controversial, but I think he has more of a right to be in a pound-for-pound pound list than Juan Estrada and fucking Josh Taylor.
3: Yeah.
0: Taylor dropped off mine. I'm just Josh saying. if I were Taylor,
2: other than other, like, I mean, who has Josh Taylor other than this guy that he beat for the titles? Who has he
3: fought?
0: Uh, Josh uh, Taylor, he's, yeah, he's beat Regis. Regis Progre is a huge win. It's controversial a lot of, too. um yeah he beat uh he beat ryan martin he beat ohara davies he beat um oh man who did he beat in the semis of that that world boxing super because he fought ryan martin i want to say he did did he fight barancic did he fight ivan barancic that's it yes yeah he knocked out barancic but so did progray so did montana love <laughs> Abel didn't, though. I wish Abel knocked him out. I love Abel, but uh, fucking Joey might knock him out one of these days, dude. Um, Speaking of up-and-coming fighters, though, that are on fire right now, I think is the future number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. If not him, Shakur Stevenson. But he's also fighting this weekend. Jerron Boots Ennis. I think fighting, to date, his best opponent on paper in Castillo Clayton from Canada. I I I honestly, Mike, can you look up the over under on that? Yeah, I got it up. There's, I I bet you it's like six and a half. (laughs) But yeah, oh no, that's how good he is. Have you watched watched Boots fight, Joey? Yeah. What do you think? He's a bad motherfucker, huh?
2: He's oh, big time, bro. He's 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 clever. I'm gonna give you this much: he's clever. He's a clever fighter, and the way he boxes, bro, it's it's something. I don't know. You could just see. You could just see. It's not IQ. It's just cleverness. It, that's the best way to explain it. It's clever.
0: For boots, like, it's it's so hard to explain how he fights because he's sleek, yeah. but he's also thunderously power. He has concussive knockout power, but he, yeah. he's t- he's tall, but he can fight on the inside. He can switch hit. It's like but twenty-five to one. That-
2: you can think, like, the way he fights, you can see what he's looking for. Yeah. You can see what you he's looking bet. for, but he'll land it. Even though you can see what he's looking for, he'll land it. Right. you got to
1: bet 250 to win 10. Oh, God. What's the Man. over-under? Uh, they don't got one yet. Mm.
0: I, they're, yeah, they're probably not going to set one because what's... The Charlo, the
1: Charlo fight is essentially even.
0: Really? What are the odds on that one?
1: Minus one ninety, plus one
0: fifty, about the same as uh, Taylor Serrano. Oh, that's man. Well, I mean, the last fight was super close, but I think, yeah. I think once Boots, I think Boots is a future like top five pound for pound fighter. In my opinion, I think he's going to be number one. But yeah. do you do you think anyone in that division besides like Spencer Crawford? Do you think anyone can beat him? Because there's two other big guys: Virgil Ortiz is a big name coming up. Uh, Connor Ben over in England. Do you think? Either of them can beat Boots. No. Nah. No, me neither. I think Connor has a better chance than Virgil. I I am scared for Virgil, bro. Prayers out to him, by the way, about whatever think, he got.
1: I haven't got an update on that. Anyway, anyone, yeah. anyone mentioned how that like how the how like that whole thing ended?
0: I don't I haven't heard anything either, bro. Did you hear about that, Joey? No. Virgil Ortiz, he he was supposed to fight a few weeks ago. Yeah, it got canceled because he ended up getting diagnosed with something, but Oh damn! I I don't know if he's ever going to fight again or what, but I hope so. He's very talented. Doesn't oh yeah, be... he's a
2: good
3: fighter.
0: I I think his days at num at one forty seven are kind of numbered anyway. I think he's eventually going to have he has to move up to one fifty four sooner than later. But <laughs> you're fighting again, fighting May twenty seventh. Are you fighting in Colorado again?
2: Uh no, Cheyenne, I... Wyoming.
0: The old saloon again. Oh you're oh so that that was in Wyoming, not Colorado. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so. In Cheyenne, Wyoming. Oh, my roommate was just there. but uh,
1: What are the sports betting laws in Wyoming?
0: (laughs) What are the laws in Wyoming, dude? I feel like you can do anything.
1: Canelo killed like five parlays for
0: me. What was that, Joey?
2: I said, I don't even know, bro. Last time I went, it was crazy, bro. I was like, oh, man.
0: Dude, there's like Vietnam War veterans that live in Wyoming just so they can kill shit without being bothered. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Wyoming is fucking scary oh, But So you're fighting Your opponent is from there What's his name again? Uh, yes Fuck him I don't need to know his name <laughs> Donaldo Holguin
2: Yeah Donaldo Holguin Holguin
0: Give me an easier name For fuck's sakes Where's he And it, you said he's from there?
2: Yeah he's from Wyoming He's originally from Arizona But he lives in Wyoming now He's fighting and, out of Wyoming And
0: then how many what's his record nine and
2: three nine and three
0: or nine and two something
1: like that dude hold on you know what's wild what one they've got Devin Haney Cambosos about even that's stupid and they got Usyk Joshua damn near even
0: that's also stupid Oh, I found this guy. Oh, dude, he tagged his girlfriend in his Instagram bio, Joey. What <laughs> what oh, dude, it's game on, boy.
3: <laughs>
0: oh, she's Columbia? Never mind. I'm out. <laughs> I don't want my tongue pulled through my fucking throat. I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, man. So how many rounds is this fight, Joey?
2: Um, It, it was supposed to be scheduled for eight, so... Hopefully it goes eight, but they were talking about maybe lowering it to six because Dude hasn't been active for like two years. So we'll see.
0: <laughs> Whatever, dude. Just beat his ass. That's all that matters. And you're fighting him at 140, same as last time. Weight's good. Yes, sir. Now, you were offered a fight on the 21st of this month.
2: Yes, sir.
0: Against Jamel Simplify Herring. Yes,
2: sir.
0: And you, you got lowballed like a motherfucker. You got offered what?
2: $35,000
0: to fight him on, 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 last minute notice. For those of you who don't know, Jamel Herring, he is a former champion at 130 pounds. He's just moving up to 135. His last fight was against a man we've talked about on this show frequently Shakur Stevenson. He trains with Terrence Bud Crawford, you know, very accomplished fighter, you know, he's knocked out Carl Frampton, you know, he's very accomplished fighter. He's making his debut at 135 on the 21st of this month and our man Joey here got offered his fight for him, and you did not take it. Why? Well,
2: it was basically I I gave my coach, I told him, hey, coach, uh, they just called me for the job. They, they offered me to fight Jamel Herring. Um, and he was like, okay, well, tell him to call me, um, and we'll sit down and we'll talk. You know, and then he told me, he's like, you know what? He's like, they're, they're trying to just offer $35,000. He's like, God, that's not convenient for you. Maybe if it was $100,000, i tell you, go ahead, let's, let's take the risk. But for 35000 the promoter is just going to take you as a B-side fighter and they're going to try to build you up. And I called Frank Sanchez, um, a good friend of mine, and I tried to see what he was going to tell me. He told me the same thing. He's like, dude, your time is going to come. Just little by little build up and keep doing what you're doing and let your promoter take care of you. Don't worry about those last minute cars right now because you're going to get a lot of them because they want to get somebody with a good record, a name behind them so that they can look good on paper.
0: Yeah, fuck that, bro. You're like, you're not just going to be some stepping stone for somebody. It's, it's disrespectful to you and th- they would probably build you underneath
1: your uncle's name. Dude, and- 35k? Go be a substitute teacher and not- don't get punched. Make- yeah. They got you going six rounds.
0: Dude, whatever. Same as last time. That fucking final round ain't coming.
1: Yeah, Joey, I got uh you gotta put me in touch with a few of your boys, man. I gotta put a lot of bets on you. I gotta make up for my Canelo losses.
0: Bro, people Joey, people are talking when I talk shit about your opponents. You win. They think I'm good luck for you, bro.
1: I should keep doing. Bro, one of his opponents are gonna kill you.
0: <laughs> yeah we'll get, yeah we'll fucking bring that energy to new haven connecticut where i live guy
1: <laughs> oh man you move from alaska
0: yeah dude i hope yo, i'm never in new haven connecticut like, yo Donaldo,
1: shane done found your boyfriend on grinder man
0: <laughs> yeah oh, man. I'll, I'll be knocking on that truck stall door soon bro no oh and by the way that story when i said people i meant me i'm the only one that said that <laughs> i'm the only one that thinks i'm good luck I'm not going to talk shit about all of them, though, dude, because one of these days I'm going to get I'm going to be just trying to walk in, get some Wendy's or something and get fucking cold cocks, dude. I don't want to. You know, you know, you know, what, Joey, I got a
1: goal for you. You need to do boxing a favor and, you know, just keep calling out Rancis so that you can put him away and like, you know, just end that whole thing. Rancis Bartholomew? Exactly. I think they're friends, bro.
2: Yeah, that's, that's my most point. Uh, we can we he can get edit that of out. Of mine. <laughs> but no, Sh-
1: Shane, why'd you say that? About this me?
2: is one thing though. I'm not going to lie, and he knows it. I want that fight. fight. I want that fight. I want that brother. I take it back.
1: I take it back. I love. Him. I'm LeDwan, a father now, and I gotta value things that put me to sleep. Yeah,
2: Le
1: dude. LeDwan, every time you, I would,
2: I would take a fight with LeDuan, too. Um, any day, you know, but. I'm more interested in, in Rancis because it, it's more weight in that name. Um, Rancis is a good friend of mine. Great people, bro. Nothing, you know, we don't have no beef or nothing like that, but
0: it's that just competitive definitely
2: would be an exciting fight.
0: Yeah, and it's just the competitiveness of it, bro. I think yeah. people forget about that. People forget that as, you know, boxers, and I was never even within a mile of at a competitive level as you are, But it's still like, even in sparring, sparring is extremely competitive, especially if it's somebody I don't know, but even more so if it's somebody I know, because it's almost like, it's like, you got to prove your worth to that gym every day. You got to prove your worth helping these people and getting help from them. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, people think that you have to dislike every person you fight. And it's like, dude, sometimes it's like, you just want, you don't want to hurt anybody. You just want to prove you're better. That's all you're trying to do. So, yeah, I I, I totally understand why you would, you know, want to do that, but how it could be a little weird. But that Jamel Herring fight, is that a fight you would want eventually?
2: Yeah, definitely. Eventually, later on down the line, we would love to take a fight like that. Like I said, I'm ready for big names, Um, but I'm also going to be smart. And if I'm going to take a big name fight, I want at least 50-50, like where they're giving me a good month or two of of notice before a fight not like three weeks out to get ready and and fight you know take the fight three weeks out you know unless i've been in training camp this whole time i'd be like okay let's jump right back on it i don't mind let's take the fight you know yeah force you to do media shit
0: the week you have to cut weight too yeah yeah after you barely got to train for it yeah yeah fuck that i don't blame you dude
1: you know what? He bothers me so much that I don't know what weight he's at, but yeah. like, you know, you're your own man. You might not want to pull the card, but the fact that promotion is shoving Ali's grandson down our throat and he is terrible. You should be hopping on TV, bro. You should be, you should be headlining ESPN cards right now. Bro,
2: I used to, to whoop Nico back when he was at City Athletics before he was pro. When he was amateur, I had pictures with him and the amateurs and everything. I used to whoop him, bro, all the time. It's fine.
0: Is that that Sean um, Paul-looking motherfucker? Yeah. The these grandson or whatever? No disrespect, yeah, I'm just Ali. saying. I have never watched him fight. I've seen his clip. I... Uh, I, I don't really. Wa- I've never watched him, but I know who he is. But you used to beat his ass, Joey. Yeah,
2: back back in city athletics,
0: bro. Yeah, what? Yeah, they need to start pushing this. I, I know you're your own man and you want to be you. You, but they need to start pushing this Tito shit, bro. Dude, Puerto Rico needs it now, dude. I'm. T- I said this last time when I interviewed you. I like who's the young cat, the dude that just the 19 year old that just fought on. Xavier. Um, the- yes, I like him a lot. I do not like Berlanga that much, and no.
2: Hey, I Berlaga, have a question to you. Go ahead,
0: go ahead, and say what you said. I'll ask yeah, it after that. So, so Berlanga
2: to me, oh go, ahead, go ahead, bro. No, no, go no. Ahead, I got you. I got you. I
0: got you. I got you. <laughs> you. I got you. All
2: right. So to me, Berlanga, he is a powerhouse, but I've seen Berlanga get murdered and fine, bro.
0: Oh, Berlanga
2: really? is not a boxer. No. Berlaga, as long as you stand in front of him and try to share with them power, his power is gonna hurt you. But yeah. if he can't touch you, he can't
1: box you, bro. Berlag shot to the top so fast that now it's like he's being humble and it's like I think he's still gonna be very good, but he was hyped up as like almost like Shakur level, and he like he's not near there, you know. No. Bro.
0: No, they had it. They were they were trying to crown him as the the next face of Puerto Rican boxing. The
2: next Trinidad, bro. I was yeah. like, what the heck are you going to? Well, they
1: him always him? do that, hey. you know. They got lucky. They went Trinidad to Cotto, who's my all time favorite. And yes. Carl
2: Cotto was a great fighter.
1: They always try to label fighters the next Cotto now, whether it's Machado, Verdejo. Um, uh, there was another one in there too, but like those oh, are very fighters.
0: Yeah, and then my boy Berlanga though, my boy Anthony Sims beats the shit out of him. From old school Kronk fighter, like seventeen not time, Golden Glove national champion. I- I've been said that Anthony Sims Jr. beats the shit out of Edgar Berlanga. So does Bektimir Melakuzia. I don't care if Rosado knocked him out. Bektimir Melakuzia fucking destroys Edgar Berlanga. But it's like I I got a question for you, Joey, because Miguel Cotto, your uncle Tito they're from Puerto Rico. Like, they grew up there. Yeah. So, but, so it's like when these, you know, Puerto Ricans get pushed to be big, but they're from, like, New York or they're from Miami or, like, uh, Danny Garcia, like, he never latched onto the Puerto Rican fan base that much, being from Philly. Do you, do the Puerto Ricans, like, kind of look at the ones from America differently than the ones actually from Puerto Rico?
2: Yes. So the ones from New York, Puerto Ricans call them New Eurecans. <laughs> they're not Puerto Ricans, they're New Eurekans, and they don't really look for that respect. They don't, the reason why they don't give them that respect is because of the lifestyle you live in Puerto Rico. You live, the way you grew up in Puerto Rico, people think, oh, well, it's American-based, or it's a, it's a U.S. territory. You look at Puerto Rico, they treat us just like they do Mexico the same way Uh, food is expensive everything's expensive over there um same thing you see little kids selling candy selling food just to get by to help their parents it's a little bit better off in certain parts than mexico but uh but that's the thing that puerto ricos they can't relate to that to them having that hunger when when you're fighting out of here out of the states they're like, well, what do you know? Like you haven't been through what we went through. You haven't represented us the way that we know, you know, the way the, the way that we want to. That's why they look at a Miguel Cotto. They look at an Ivan Calderon. Um, they look at a Felix Jenner. all these fighters that came from Puerto Rico, they look at them way different than they do these guys now. Yeah.
1: The, a great example also was um Philly guy that, you know, I'm a fan of, but a lot of people didn't like and Puerto Ricans don't like is uh, Danny Garcia. Yes. Because he would wrap the Puerto Rican flag but had never lived there. And it's like he was never embraced by their fans. And he fought there once and robbed Herrera. And the Puerto Rican fans were cheering for the Mexican. Also,
0: have you ever heard him speak Spanish? Danny? Have you ever heard him attempt to speak Spanish? It's fucking... Okay. Bet- see, 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 It's like he doesn't know. He he can't speak Spanish, bro. But oh, but I, you know what though? Oh, dude, do you think oh, we should get Angel on here and just
1: see if we can piss him off and see if we can get him to talk shit? I've talked yeah. to him twice, and I every time he's done talking, it's like I don't know if you've seen the movie Walk Hard. <laughs> Elvis and it's like what the fuck was, that guy, talking what was
0: about? that guy talking about yeah oh dude speaking of walk hard Jack White did such a great job playing Elvis Presley but bro when COVID's
1: over and walk from my office to the DSGA game, so you know we can get him on
0: dude I would love Angel Garcia and he's so funny but Joey, Danny don't live there anymore oh well Joey yeah how important is it to you to become the next face of Puerto Rican boxing because it is a possibility or to become one of them to give them hope right now? Cause it, it's,
2: it's not more of a possibility It's going to happen. Um, it's going to happen. Um, it's just a matter of fact, when I get a big fight um, I'm definitely excited about it because I want to bring back that excitement that my uncle brought to Puerto Rico, you know, where that would, pick them up at the airport, they would celebrate, you know, the governor, Puerto Rico's government, everybody would go out of their house and meet them at the airport, escort them all the way through the city, you know, through the island, and people love that, you know, and and I want to bring that excitement back to Puerto Rico, but not just to Puerto Rico. I also want to bring it back to Mexico, you know, that same excitement when Juan Manuel Marquez fought, when they saw all these big Mexican fighters fight back in the day, Julio Cesar Chavez, I want to bring back that excitement to boxing.
0: The Morales you know, like, Barrera days.
2: Yes. You Margarito
0: like, and Gulo, all them, yeah.
2: And the thing is, I bring two aspects that boxing doesn't have right now. They don't have a Mexican fighter, or a Puerto Rican Mexican fighter that can represent both. The flags, you know, and I tell people I got the heart of a Mexican, the skills mm-hmm. of a Puerto Rican, but I'm blessed to be a man.
0: Yeah. And you train with a fuck ton of Cubans, too. So it's like yes, you got sir. all of it. You got all that shit going. Um, before we get you out of here, we got to wrap up here pretty quick. It might just me saying bye. I know Cook's taking care of his son and everything. But so you got, I apologize, yeah. I got
1: baby problems. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he knows how it goes. I don't. Only I'm, problem I have with kids is cleaning them off myself when I'm done doing shit. I'm, but, I'm new but to it.
1: And I'm I'm on, I'm the one on the East Coast.
0: Yeah, but dude, that's that's your fault for being a bad person. Okay?
1: <laughs> Bro, I'm raising a child that has half my scumbag DNA.
0: Yeah, you're probably like the only guy on your block that still sees his
1: kids, so. Dude, my baby will. Would- my baby was born with a like, sublime or slightly stupid T-shirt on a kid. Probably- with the exception of the guy who's probably going to hit his
0: kid way too much after the Sixers lose this round of the playoffs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm five foot. Well one, I'm not an NBA fan, so we're good there, but don't bring up like, you know, the Phillies or the Flyers. I you know I'll be going on a bender right now.
0: Bro, why are Philly sports fans so shitty? And do you know anything am reputation overblown? Joey, do you know anything about this?
1: Tell me what, though. Go ahead.
2: Okay. All I know is, you know, and this is a long time ago, man. I'm talking about when Fernando Vargas started training uh, Gabriel Rosado. And Gabriel Rosado, he told me that they give barely any love, man, that they really don't give any love out there to him. So, you know, Um, I
1: can imagine honestly yeah. it's, true. it's true um a lot of the philly fighters do better in atlantic city which be, that was because in the 90s and uh 2000s like bernard hopkins and um arturo gaddis from south jersey so they were the big draws and they would fight in atlantic city atlantic city is dead now um bad for jersey great for the world but brooklyn for a while took over a boxing hub on the east now they're gone because of covid the last fight on the East Coast was, um, not counting Florida, because that's not even a a place worth mentioning. The last New York. fight on the East Coast was, um, I think, Cambosos Loma. Well, or, they just or, Cambosos Tio.
0: Well, they just did um, Serrano Taylor at MSG. Yeah,
1: I meant before that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, fuck,
2: yeah, I, don't I think know. you're right.
1: Cambosos and Teofimo, yeah. Yeah, like there really aren't any cards anymore. Atlantic City's dead. Um, Philly, I went to I've been to like eight fights there. Two of them were amazing crowds. Uh the one was Tevin Farmer, Jono Carroll with with Gabe Versilecki and Katie Taylor on the undercard. Um, the other one was um Matisse Provatnikov. Okay, yeah, well, well that was a,
2: is sick, is a great fighter, man. So it's providing
1: and, and also like you, like you're right though. Philly doesn't sell because Philly doesn't market, bro. Town.
0: You know what kills me though is like Vegas is called like the fight capital of the world, but Vegas crowds like unless it's a huge fight, like if one of the guys who like if somebody who has fans like, that travel is fighting, not County Canelo. Yeah, like like I, I saw Terrence Crawford, Victor Postol there and those crowds fucking suck. They don't even show up until oh, yeah. like the co-main event.
2: Yeah, and that's how it is for all the fights. Like, uh, I had ring I was ringside for the for the Devin Haney and Jorge Linares fight, bro. And everything was empty until like maybe two fights when Sugar Shane Jr. was fighting this uh, Irish dude and he got, he got like rocked by this Irish dude, bro. That wasn't supposed to beat him. Who is this? Sugar Shane Jr. Sugar Shane Mosley Jr. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. he fought on the undercut for, uh, for Devin Haney Haney. and Jorge Linares.
0: You know, you know what crowd I love though? It's like one of my favorite places to go see a fight. The StubHub Center over there in LA, the outdoor one. Okay. That, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's one of the best crowds there is. You get the old school feeling of like just that those outdoor fights like how they used to be. You got the sun setting and everything. But I mean, dude, that's why like Mexican fans show up and they show up early. I love but you it. you
2: gotta man. remember too, in California, close <laughs> by, you got Rosarito, Rosarito, you got um like um I mean Tijuana. And they have those type of
1: outdoor fights, and they get packed, bro. And they bro, get you know, packed. LA, LA has, like, like low-key theater fights that are awesome. I My my uh, day job is an LA company, and I was there for work, and I went to a JoJo Diaz fight in, like, a fucking, like, a small little 800 theater, and, bro, it was one of the most fun fights I've ever been at, bro.
0: Mexicali puts on good fights, dude. There's San Diego has good fights. It's I've been to 20
1: fights live. The best crowd by far was, and the best fight I've ever seen in person by far was uh Frampton Santa Cruz one. Oh, yeah, that was Ireland showed up, Mexico showed up.
0: That was one of my favorite fights of all time before he
1: got there, but like before last call, Frampton and his entourage showed up at the bar like a buck from um uh, from Barclays and like he was drinking with like just walking around a bar drinking with all like the regular people.
0: Well, so uh, Hampton, the goat. It's not gonna be long before our boy today, Joey Barrero, is gonna be fighting there, huh, Joey? Yes sir,
2: yes sir. That's, dude,
0: that's... Barrero knocks he's out he's Warrington he's
2: in
0: fourth. Shot. <laughs> oh dude, yeah, dude fight Josh Warrington in England. Do that, Joey. <laughs> I'll text him. I've out. actually
2: thought about going out to, to England because a lot of the like a lot of the Cuban fighters they like Gamboa, was telling me people love them out there in in Europe.
3: Really? You know, when
2: he would go fight in Europe, they they loved them. So I was actually thinking about that actually for a while. Honestly, before when I was in uh in the training camp with Linares, I got offered at that time. My wife was pregnant, and uh. And I got offered the opportunity to go with uh with Mr. Honda, um, the largest promoter at that time. They were willing for me to pay a flight and pay a stay for me to go out there and debut as a pro in Japan. And I was going to, but my wife was pregnant, and I couldn't just leave her because I couldn't take her with me at the time, you know. So I decided to stay back and and going through with her you know help her out through the pregnancy and I just decided to find an opportunity over here and make my own way
0: well I don't think you're far from there bro I really don't I think by this time next year when we'll have because we're gonna have you on probably before every fight hopefully get this thing going but by, I guarantee you by this time next year both the three of us are gonna be in completely different positions but we're oh, still gonna be, but we're still gonna be fucking with each other we're still gonna be like
2: yeah
0: it's ride or die the end of days boy you know what it is sure. yeah i mean this is what the fourth time you've been on still undefeated yeah i think, still more, I, I, yeah, yeah, I think more
2: though i think more than five I, I don't even know bro honestly it's been a couple though. it's
0: been a good, yeah. a
2: good amount now
0: but it's nevertheless that's what that's my favorite part about this i love being your friend i love watching you win i love watching you grow climb i want to keep being here for you for this shit dude i really do and but right now yeah, we gotta yeah, get man. you some rest because I know how it is to train and not get some sleep. You got a kid, you got everything like that. I appreciate all the time you've given us, bro, and always will, dude. Nothing know, but bro. love. You guys can watch him fight. He's Joey Barrero, he's fighting May 27th. May 27th, yeah?
2: Yeah, May 27th.
0: In che- Is that a fucking Thursday?
2: I think it's no, I think it's a Friday.
0: Oh, I'm um, I'm out of it. Okay. So but it's in Cheyenne, Wyoming at the Outlaw Saloon. I'm going to be putting Friday night six on round it. Friday night. All right. A Friday night fight old school six round Cheyenne, Wyoming. Check it out. I will be posting it this week as well as next week. Uh, you guys can find Joey on Instagram at boxing. Joey, please give him a follow. Watch his career grow. Like we have. I'm Shane McMurdo. He's Michael cook. His son is Liam. And our undefeated guest today is Joey Barrero. Make sure you guys wish him luck. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joey till next time, buddy. Thank
2: you all for having me.
0: I appreciate you guys for listening to today's episode. Your guys' song this week comes from our friend down in Vegas again, Mr. Charles King, who you can find on Instagram at CharlesKingMusic. And this is his song, Three Things.
4: You're doing double backflips like Travis Pastrana You want beef, I'll slice you up like a pack of pastrami You wanna go to war with me, you better assemble an army I got it all, and I cannot be stopped You wanted a little, I wanted a lot I'm climbing the ladder, I'm reaching the top Pull out your camera, film the cops Protect the people on your block For my friends, bitch On my shoulders, call me Marshawn Lynch Pimpin's a cinch, hoes get ahead inch by inch Pack a toolie in the gutter, bro I ain't a plumber, though You should probably call me Billy Cause I'm the fucking goat You could get stomped out or smoked You're a fucking roach Give you a first class ass Whooping all the way from coach I see my style got your lady soaked I got my own, but you should probably take some notes Check it, come on There's only three things I need My family, my music, my weed Check it there's only 3 things I need my family my music my weed hey, hey, Come on There's only 3 things I need my family my music my weed Come on There's only 3 things I need my family my music my weed Let's go or ego, semi-evil, why does kilos, mucho gringo when my Montego, make us sing our pitch like CeeLo, I'ma make that pussy mine, yeah. this is Charlie, man, this repo, I don't do that shit for me, nah, I'm doing for my people, fuck this game while it's fetal, and birth some independence, now we're all created equal, sheep will wake up and they go to nine to fives, instead of chasing dreams and really living out their lives, you gotta swallow pride, and fight through them tough times, yeah. every diamond's in the dirt before it gets to shine, I got a twisted mind, so I twist the herb to ease it, and help me unwind, I been blowing on more trees than a wind chime in the winter time in a place with tornadoes volcanoes i spent lava up a competition in a baby cradle Nice Charlie madness baby there's three things i need my family my music my weed there's only three things i need my family my music my weed come on there's only three things i need.